0: Let's take off, baby, let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go travel land, let's go travel land, let's go travel land, let's go travel land.
1: This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Who doesn't love Italian food? There's a new addition in Detroit that serves up modern Italian, surrounded by chic decor and sophisticated service. The Michigan Brewers Guild is brewing up another beer festival and you'll want to reserve your space quickly. Winter time in Northern Michigan is unparalleled. For a great time at a great price, consider Cadillac. And the Thumb Coast is waiting to provide you with a great winter time. We travel Michigan next Where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. To travel Michigan, I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Good to have you with us, or have me with you again this week as we uh, think about uh, all the things we can do as we get out there and travel Michigan, even at this time of the year. I say it that way because few people seem to love winter. I don't get it. We need to love winter. I'm gonna I'm gonna get off my uh, soapbox on that and just try to convince you to get out there and do it because there are so many cool things you can do. You know, some of them are indoors as well. You know, I, I love the idea of, you know, going doing uh, like cultural things, museums, art galleries, uh, you know, shopping, things like that, but also dining. And we really need to do all we can to support local in every way, local retail, local restaurants and all that. Let's find out about what is at least to me a new restaurant in Detroit to start out the program today. Let's bring in Jeremy Sassoon. He is the president and CEO of of Heirloom Hospitality. Jeremy, it's good to have you in the program.
2: Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dave.
1: Well, before we uh, tell folks about uh, what it sounds like, your your newest uh, restaurant, let's uh, find out about Heirloom Hospitality. Uh, you've been around for a while?
2: Yes, we're uh, going into our 12th year of operating restaurants uh, in southeast Michigan. Uh, our first project began uh, in early 2011, uh, which was a project, which is a project still operating with us today, called Townhouse. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I
1: love that, that place.
2: Yeah, thanks. It um, was kind of an infancy project for me. I was in my early, mid, almost mid-20s when I began. Wow. Um, and then was looking to continue celebrating that brand and took it to uh, downtown Detroit uh, in 2014 and opened in 2015. Uh, so we have two Townhouse locations, uh, one in Detroit, one in Birmingham. And then a few years later, uh, in 2017, we opened up Prime and Proper Steakhouse, uh, which is now going in, just had its fifth year anniversary. Uh, So super excited about that. Last year, we opened up, uh, or earlier this year, I should say, we opened up uh, below Prime and Proper, really fun kind of, um, I would say, like 1950s Hollywood-inspired supper club project called Cash Only, And that's now been operating for a little bit now and uh, prepping for this newest project we're looking to open here in January uh, called Mad Nice. Yeah,
1: I I love the name Mad Nice, by the way. Hey, I have to ask, um, uh, Prime and Proper, uh, where is that?
2: So Prime and Proper is at 1145 Griswold. It's at the um, south corner of Capitol Park in Detroit. Uh, It's really uh, kind of a nod to... A modern version take on the steakhouses of old. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've prided ourselves in that project since inception about really managing steak and service uh, oh. with the highest levels of standard. And so between dry aging and butchering all of our own meats in the house uh, with a very thoughtful service model that I think has kind of helped resonate that restaurant, uh, uh, creating a hyper level of experience for guests, uh, that restaurant has really kind of been a calling card for errorler math
1: well i can 't wait to check that one out and as I think about there that, that uh that cool place uh get to learn about Mad nice Tell us about mad nice
2: yeah so mad nice uh i guess i 'll start kind of with the concept and then i 'll talk a little yeah. bit about the name and then we 'll you know unpack it from there but uh the concept is uh it was built around a love affair of food that I have always had, which is uh, you know El forno style uh cooking, and really the nature of this concept is modern Italian dining with this like laid back california like spirit hmm. in the you know in the uh, fun urban environment of Detroit. The project has a very intentional wood cook wood cooking uh, type of uh, dining experience where most of our cooking happens over live fire, both direct and indirect so uh, from pizza to you know whole fish to rotisserie uh, products, as well as a very intentional pasta program. Uh, but the California nod really has a lot to do with kind of our approach to managing the seasons, and then at the same time preserving them. Uh, so California dining, kind of noted for food preservation and uh, treating you know food processing in a unique way, and that's kind of where the two worlds collide. So. The mad nice is kind of a nod to two things. Number one, uh, mad being a little bit like crazy and the idea that that juxtaposes against nice, which is the hospitality. So like the food is intentionally mad and the hospitality is intentionally nice. But moreover, the feeling that everything that we've tried to accomplish in the project from atmosphere to decor to style of service to uniform to check presentation uh, should make you say that's mad nice. And so that's wow. kind of where the name came from.
1: Talk about, sorry, Jeremy, ahead. it just it just sounds, it sounds incredible because what you're doing with all of your heirloom hospitality properties is really kind of building up the quality of the food scene in Detroit. And I, man, I got to tell you, uh, uh, it's incredible, the food scene in Detroit these days.
2: Yeah, I would say for the past decade, it's continuously evolved and transformed itself and there's you know a lot of past uh, a lot of present and a lot of future happening around the food scene I think in Detroit Um, and I think that that produces a good amount of momentum for the food scene across Michigan as a whole. We have found um, that our guests are um, I would say super appreciative and almost uh, infatuated with the idea that experience drives their visit
1: yeah i agree and you know it's it's the quality of food but it is that experience and that uh, great hospitality you're offering well i'll tell you what if you want to learn more about heirloom hospitality and specifically about mad nice go to this website it's mad detroit.com i'm gonna go there i'm gonna to go to the website first and then i'm gonna to go to that restaurant i can't wait MadNiceDetroit.com. detroit.com and our thanks to jeremy sassoon being with us today. We're going to head to Grand Rapids next to learn about the upcoming beer festival. Tell you about that next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. travel michigan i'm dave lorenz from pure michigan anybody who's paid attention at all has noticed that michigan when it comes to craft products you know craft beer craft distilled products wine, uh, you know, wineries for a long time, but Michigan's really been catapulting on that list of top places to go to experience not only these products, but the atmosphere associated with these products. You know, for many years, people have been going to the wineries in the Grand Traverse area, and it's not just about the wine. It really is about that overall experience of going from place to place, uh, and just enjoying the the overall beauty of the region and, and then before you know it, uh, that that southwest part of the lower peninsula really started to grow in prominence as well. And then before you know it, wineries were almost everywhere in the state. Uh, distilleries have been been coming into play quite well around the state. But kind of in between these two things, craft beer in Michigan really, in a very good way, exploded. Several years ago, it really started to be um, uh, noticed by beer enthusiasts who really pay attention to all things taste and quality and and such. And so it's amazing to see that the, the business keeps on growing and interest in craft beer keeps on growing as well. And uh, one of the ways that people experience a variety of beers at one time is through these big beer festivals that are hosted by the Michigan Brewers Guild, we have one coming up this winter before you know it, and let's find out uh, from the inside perspective how the business is going by bringing in Scott Graham. He is the executive director of the Michigan Brewers Guild. Uh, Scott, it's been a while since we talked. How have you been doing?
0: I've been doing well, and of course, it's it's great to be back with you. Yeah. So, yeah, here it is. Same here. Winter, and we're looking forward to our first beer festival uh, in the calendar of the year, which is the Winter Beer Festival held at LMCU ballpark, which is in Comstock Park, just north of Grand Rapids. Uh, and it's February 25th. So February 25th. yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're getting ready to be outside in February, drinking some beer with our friends and all kinds of folks from around the state and beyond. Um, yeah. In February.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some people might say you're having a, f- a beer festival outside in the winter time in Michigan. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, people love cold beer, right? And they like a yeah. variety of them. So might as yeah, well take sound, advantage
0: of yeah, it. it. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but it's really, uh, it, it's one of our most popular festivals. Of course, they're all quite popular, but the winter has been just a real strong event for us really since we started it um, 13 years ago. And yeah, it is outside. You have to dress with, with warm clothes and and be ready to brave the weather. We We do our put our events on and they happen regardless of whether it's snowing or, or raining or sunshiny or the temperature. So yes, we encourage everybody to bundle up and get together with their friends and, and come enjoy being around people. It's uh, That's one of the greatest things about our festivals. Well, it's it true. Such a nice group of folks.
1: Well, it's true. You, know, you want to be with people who are enthusiasts of something that you're enthusiastic about, and that's the case here. And hey, you know we're a winter state. Uh, I will cross my fingers for a enough of a snowy blast that people can enjoy the beauty of the snow without being too much, so people <laughs> won't go. So it's coming up. February twenty-five, and you know that is a a traditionally uh, pretty snowy, cold time of the year. So, let's hope that uh, that happens. Now, let's set the scene, though. So, first off, you're you're at the ballpark, and you are outside. Is this like in their big parking lot? Is that where it's mostly held?
0: Yeah, um, we we don't really fit on the inside very well, so we are in the the parking lot. I guess it's on the north side of the ballpark. So it it makes for actually a really nice setting. Um, We set up lots of tents. We'll have uh, probably just over 100 different breweries there, all Michigan breweries pouring hundreds of different beers. So it's more than any one person really wants to try to taste them all. But there's so many fun things uh, that if you're an experienced Um, local beer drinker or not, there's really something for everyone. Brewers bring things that are special and unique. And there are also so many different flavors that even if you're not have, you know, if you think you're not a beer drinker, or haven't really gotten into what uh, local breweries are doing, there's just so much variety that there are fun things to try and certainly something that'll be enjoyable to any person.
1: Yeah. Well, as you know, I don't don't drink beer in a Common basis, but I do love to sample. I love to sample them, and and through learning things from people like you, I really have been able to kind of taste the, you know, that taste profile they're always talking about. And it's it's interesting to me that you really can, you know, if when people say, well, I taste the oak, or I there there's a um, kind of a, a an aroma of. Uh, fruit in here or whatever it is you really can taste the difference and what seems to be the most popular profile of taste that people look for
0: well i guess i would say uh ipas are the most popular style and they're even divided into subcategories but they're typically um they have a lot of hoppiness so there's a Hmm. hoppy aroma and they're often quite bitter um but of course there are lots of beers that aren't bitter um there are lighter beers darker beers beers that are more sweet beers that are more bitter beers that have some kind of crazy flavors from the fermentation or like you mentioned being um stored and aged in oak barrels and then there are are really you know i guess whimsical and fun flavors too you, you'll find peanut butter and jelly or key lime pie or oatmeal cream pie and some of these things that, when you taste it and smell it, you really do go, oh, geez, that, that's what it that's what it smells and tastes like. So it's really uh, a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I heard somebody the other day they they made a pumpkin pie beer, and uh, you know, I, I at first thought, Ugh, but then I started thinking, you know that that probably tastes pretty good. So um, you never know. Uh, there are so many craft beer places in Michigan. How many do we have now? Would you guess?
0: Well, we've got nearly 400 licensed breweries, so they're they're literally spread all across the state from the tip of the Keweenaw Peninsula to the bottom two corners of the lower peninsula and everywhere in between. So it's, uh, it, I, I like to think and say that you're never more than 10 miles from, or maybe I should say never more than an hour from a fresh local yeah. craft beer. Yeah. 10 miles is probably pushing it, but... Um, we do see more breweries continuing to open. COVID has been pretty tough, but they are still opening. In and in, in general, things are going well. Um, so it, it it's really a fun thing to do, to go out and find your local brewery. They're often in downtown areas or revitalized old buildings. Um, sometimes they're in a strip mall, but they're almost universally, really actively a part of the community that they're in. And, and you can tell that they're, they're most often family-friendly. And, you know, they're gathering places, social spots, um, and, and really tied to their communities.
1: Often with really good food, too. Well, you know, Michigan, yeah. you know, being the second most agriculturally diverse state in the country, uh, we have such diversity of growing opportunities. And it has been fun to see so many hops places, you know, where, where they're growing hops uh, here in Michigan. Um, and I know they, they grow a lot of the other products that are often used as they try to source locally with a lot of the beers they make. So I love that. So this big event coming up February 25, it's at LMC Ballpark. And uh, we were talking about being outside. Uh, so I saw that you have like music. I think you have like some food there and like, like fire pits as well.
0: Yeah, there are a few small fire pits scattered around. Um, I, I wouldn't expect anything that we have going to be significantly hmm. wa- uh, a warming yeah. station for yeah. anybody. Uh, and usually that it's it's fine. Usually it's not super cold, and like you said, it often snows a little bit. But we do have scattered fires, and we've got some live entertainment to listen to and food available for purchase, so you know, all of that makes for a nice way to to spend an afternoon and the festival is open for five hours but you know of of course if you get cold a little bit earlier um (laughs) it's a great way to spend a little bit less time than that
1: too. yeah it works Uh, the website is mibeer.com the big michigan winter beer festival coming up february 25 or thanks to scott graham for being with us today and let me give you that website one more time mibeer.com we're going to head up north next, still in the Lower Peninsula, to that Cadillac area. It's a spectacular place. We'll tell you why. On Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. There's something special about winter time in Pure Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and this is Travel Michigan as we uh, talk about some of the uh, the places that you need to check out during this time of the year. A lot of people know the Traverse City area; it is a beautiful area, and I think sometimes because people are kind of dead set on let's go two to Traverse City, you know, they they, uh, they just don't notice the other really cool areas in the surrounding Traverse City region. One of them that I highly recommend you consider for a trip is Cadillac. I think by topography, it's like one of the higher places in Michigan. And because of that, they have really good snow, really good ice for ice fishing this time of the year, and a lot of other fun things you can do at wintertime. So let's find out uh, from the experts on the ground some of those things you might want to do. Let's bring in Kathy Adair Morin. She is the executive director of the Cadillac Area Convention Visitors Bureau. How are you, Kathy?
3: Fantastic. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm all
1: right. And I'm looking forward to my next trip to Cadillac. It's always a, a nice visit. I always enjoy myself. It's a great value, and I can't say enough about it. But something tells me you can say even more.
3: Sure can, Um, yeah. I mean, the Cadillac area is—it's amazing in all four seasons, but winter truly is special. And you know, we've been known for many years for winter sports, um, and it's fantastic that things keep evolving. um, That we can continue to provide those family-friendly activities and opportunities, um, you know, throughout our winter seasons.
1: Let's make sure people know where Cadillac is first. It's obviously in that northwest part of the uh, Lower Peninsula, but give us more detail.
3: Sure, um, we're easily accessible. Um, we're right on Highway US 131, so about 90 minutes north, directly of Grand Rapids. We also have uh, US, excuse me, M 15, M 115, and M 55 that intersect as well. Um, so coming from the Clear direction, you know, diagonally up M um, 55 from the Houghton Lake area, you know, crossing over towards Manistee. So we really are right in a very great central location, um, you know, with easy highway access, really in every different direction.
1: Well, you're a nature lover's paradise, especially uh, for those hunters and, and anglers. You have so much to offer. Tell us about that.
3: Sure. Uh, one of the great things that we have, um, you know, having Lake Mitchell and Lake Cadillac here, especially in the winter, is ice fishing. Um, one of the amazing ap- uh, opportunities that we also have uh, is having Mitchell State Park here in Cadillac, and it's, um, it's in the Cadillac West District, and it's an amazing facility. Uh, we're thrilled about the upcoming improvements that are being made in infrastructure um, that are a little uh, impact next year's camping season, but um, hopefully in a very, very positive way. Um, we have the Carl T. Johnson Hunting and Fishing Center on site there. And that's open year round. And in the winter, um, it transforms a bit. And there's snowshoe uh, lantern hikes through the Heritage Nature Trail, which is a very family friendly loop. it's just super magical, you know, walking through, even if the, if the weather's not cooperative necessarily for snowshoeing, just to be able to hike through with the lanterns through um, a nice little loop is fantastic. Um, and they also do an amazing job with classes with the Outdoor Skills Academy through the DNR, um, you know, different types of classes related to ice fishing, for, you, know, you know, basic and advanced. Um, and then as the season progresses, they get into other types of activities, um, you know, looking at turkey hunting and maple syrup making and, you know, information about steelhead and walleye and, and those kinds of classes so it's really really unique and we're really grateful to have that um, that DNR opportunity in our community.
1: Yeah it's it's a great center you know it gets me thinking there are so many groups uh, you know relatively small groups that look for places to meet and you know Ducks Unlimited groups things like this do they open the Carl T. Johnson Center for you know group meetings like this?
3: They do. For, um, for groups that are related specifically to, you know, conservation or, um, you know, ecology, those types of things, they do offer a small meeting space. Um, it's, it's about 75 people, but that's also a great classroom area that throughout the year, you know, they take these classes, but then they'll have um, open days, like in the summertime, for example, about like raptors, and they'll bring in, um, you know, different birds of prey, and, and having that open to the community for people to come in, or days with arts and crafts and those kinds of so it's a really, it's a great facility. And again, I mean, I'm, I'm just so very grateful for the improvements that the DNR continues to make uh, with Mitchell State Park and with the Hunting and Fishing Center, um, because there are just some really great interpretive um, exhibits for people to see some really cool hands-on things.
1: Well, it is a Department of Natural Resources building, and of course, it's open for the public. And, and I encourage you to, to swing in there because it's kind of like a museum in a way as well. They have a lot of really cool exhibits. Uh, And uh, I know you would really enjoy that. So the Carl T. Johnson Center there in Cadillac, one of the things you'll want to do when you're in Cadillac at any time of the year. But I tell you, I always think of ice fishing. I always think of snowshoeing. And you have some really cool places to do both of those things.
3: Yeah, um, and we have just so many trails. Oh, my goodness, so many trails. Uh, We were thrilled to be designated as a Pure Michigan Trail Town in 2022, and we really uh, take advantage of that. Um, You know, so many motorized and non-motorized trails through our region, and then also connecting and, you know, connecting outside of our county. Um, You know, obviously we don't know. We don't always know where those county lines and boundaries are, and it's all about the guest experience and visitor experience Um, and just so many trails throughout um, the, you know, the Manistee National Forest and um, it just it's, it's really you know trails of all types you know fat tire biking and snowshoeing and cross country skiing and hiking um, it's you know snowmobiling and we just we're we're really really grateful to have um, you know to have all of these trails in our in our backyard literally yeah
1: really are well you know thinking of snowmobiling Cadillac is. One of the communities uh, where you are almost always guaranteed to have great snow for sledding uh, as the winter really gets into gear, uh, the, uh, you know, the topography there, um, the elevation is surprisingly high. So it just doesn't feel like it when you're driving up there. You don't notice you're slowly going uphill. And then before you know it, that really provides this really great uh Uh, you know, kind of an area for for a lot of snowfall and a lot of great snowmobiling trails. Can you rent snowmobiles for use in Cadillac as well?
3: Yes, we do. We have um, a couple of different Local suppliers that are able to rent snowmobiles out to individuals, and we also have um, an, um, a gentleman who does guided snowmobiling tours. And we really like that opportunity because it can be a little intimidating for a first-time user. Um, you know, that might not be familiar with wanting to either ride a snowmobile, you know, in the first place, but also going out into you know um, a national forest and worrying about getting lost. Um, so there's big, you know large advances with GPS and, and mapping and those kinds of things, but we do have those. Suppliers locally that can help um, with those kinds of things with either you know individual rentals or a guided trip, um, which might make people feel a bit more comfortable getting out on a, a snow machine.
1: Is that Pierre Marquette National Forest?
3: No, we are in um, well, we have the Huron Manistee National Forest, and then there is the I believe to the south of us the Pierre Marquette State Forest.
1: Yeah, I get them, um, I get them we, all mixed up. Well, the thing is, yeah. you know, half a million acres you know, think about that for that natural national forest. People are surprised that we have national forests in Michigan, which I guess I'm surprised they're surprised, but I guess we just don't notice it because we're so used to seeing trees everywhere. Uh, But we have these monstrously big trees. It's beautiful. And you need to get out there and snowmobiling gets you in places that maybe you'd never be able to get to at any other time of the year. So it's it's a really great uh, opportunity. Uh, You also don't you have like snowshoe cross-country ski trails as well?
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, and out at Caberfae, we also they have um, obviously downhill skiing and rentals. They also has have, have cross country ski rentals as well um, to head out, you know, right from Caberfae out into you know McKenzie Trail, for example, out into the Manistee National Forest. One of our lodging properties closer into town also um, has snowshoes and cross country skis on site, and that's Evergreen Resort. And in the winter time, you know, and, and being a golf course, you know, in the summertime and in the winter time. They can transform that into um, a space for people to cross country, ski, as well as snowshoe um, throughout, you know, right out the back door of the resort there.
1: Well, I know Cabra Fe Peaks, they're always updating. Uh, we, we had uh, Mickey McWilliams from the Michigan Snow Sports Industries Association on a couple of weeks ago, and she was telling us about all the, the really cool updates that they're making at Cabra Fe Peaks, so people need to check that out. Kathy, we only have about a minute, but uh, can you give me like 30 seconds of why people need to go to downtown Cadillac? Cat-
3: Sure, we have got some amazing new retailers and the energy with the stores. Um, it's been fantastic. So home decor gifts, clothing. um, it's just been this season, um specifically, this holiday season has just been a tremendous, tremendous boost in our community. The vibe is wonderful, um just the new entrepreneurship spirit. Uh, we've got a couple of new restaurants coming in. Um, it's It's just been a really it's really a really, really positive update for the community and so if if someone hasn't been to downtown Cadillac in a while um, definitely worth stopping in and checking it out
1: you actually gave me 30 seconds nobody ever does that I say 30 (laughs) seconds and they talk for two minutes it's amazing great job Kathy thank you so much Kathy Adair Morin she is the executive director of the Cadillac Area Visitors Bureau and she and I and everybody in Cadillac invite you to head up there for more information go to this website Cadillac Michigan Dot com. It is the Cadillac of Cadillacs, CadillacMichigan.com, and uh, truly is a lot of fun. Um, I, I just, I, I can't say enough about it. I tell you what, another place that I can't say enough about, I was just recently there, had a great time. It's Port Huron, and we'll show you why you need to go next on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Uh, I think it was about, I don't know, a month or two ago, I was in Port Huron. We had a meeting there and it was one of those all-day meetings where luckily I needed to arrive the night before. So got there that evening, had a nice dinner, stayed at a great hotel, was able to kind of walk the waterfront a little bit and watch the, uh, the freighters go flying by in the river. I can't believe how fast they are there. And then had a meeting this uh, big meeting at the conference center which was awesome and then I had to go home. I have to tell you I was so impressed with Port Huron because part of the meeting we uh, took a little tour of downtown. You really need to check it out and to tell us more details of why you need to do that let's bring in Katie Stepp. Katie is the marketing manager of the Blue Water Area CBB Katie, uh, thanks for hosting us for that uh, day or two, a day and a half of meetings. Everybody was so impressed. Uh, the, you know, the energy that you can feel in Port Huron, the, uh, the new developments on top of the, the things that have been there for a long time. It's just such a great mix. It was a great time.
4: Yeah, we were so glad to have you guys there. It was a fun time. Yeah, a lot going on here.
1: Yeah, a lot going on. Well, and the thing is, you know, I think I know places pretty well. I mean, I get around the state all the time. Travel Michigan, it's in the job description, but but uh, I don't know what it is. Port Huron just seems to have made this leap from where they were prior to the pandemic. And there there are some really cool things happening. So let's talk about downtown port huron for a few moments uh we kind of describe what you'll find when you go to downtown maybe talk about a couple of the new things that you might see as you as you drive and and walk around
4: well this winter something really neat um that is downtown now at the mcmoran plaza which is a new outdoor area they've created Um, in the summertime there's um, a lot of outdoor concerts and a beer garden that's outdoors and a splash pad. But in the wintertime, they've added now an ice rink, and it's open to the public. It's outdoors, and it's not one that you have to rely on the weather for. It's just going to always be there, and then you get some skate rentals, um, and there will still be some outdoor concerts and things like that going on. Um, as well as some other interesting developments, which is called the Wrigley Center, which is a new uh, facility entertainment complex that's going in downtown Port Huron. It should be open um, um, in the next couple of months.
1: Mm. Yeah, it, it, we saw some of that. Um, the construction of some new things, like there's some new, I don't remember if they're apartments or condos or whatever they are, uh, mixed with uh, a bunch of public space as well. So smart. So advanced for a small community, a relatively small community. I was just really impressed. So I'm looking forward to heading back uh, and to check it out uh, to see how that development moves along. Speaking of moving along, I was talking about those freighters I mentioned. I was really surprised to see how fast those freighters go by. I can't imagine they do that at wintertime that quickly as well.
4: Well, it depends on how much ice we've got going in. Um, there's icebreakers always out there from the Canadian side and the U.S. side, and they're just working constantly to keep that shipping lane open, regardless of the Sioux Locks, because a lot of them are, are docking, you know, in these lower areas, um, whether it's Canadian side or our side, and they may not be heading up to the Sioux Locks. So we still see them even after the locks close.
1: Well, as they're going south or east, whatever it is there. Um, they are really moving with the current and there's a turn in the river where it's as though they're they're doing that that type of race where the back wheels slide drifting. a bit cuz man they're <laughs> drifting it, it they truly yep. are drifting it it was i just thought it was really cool to see that and something you get to see all the time um when you're in port huron it's just i just think it's cool something else yeah. i learned i knew that thomas edison in effect grew up in port huron i knew that and uh, spent his his young, professional life there. I didn't know there was a Thomas Edison museum. Is that open year round?
4: Uh, Unfortunately, it's not. It should be open again uh, in the spring. And um, it is very interesting to, to go through that and see about his life and um just up the street from there or i should say just south of that museum is actually where his boyhood home was yeah um the location is is empty at this time um it's a historical site so nothing can be built on it the home isn't there but yes very close ties to his um his time here on the station and it went from detroit to here to Port Huron.
1: yeah people need to know that i mean uh, thomas edison was a genius and uh, just to, to realize that, um, you know, he was motivated because of his experiences there, I'm sure. And it's, it's a neat thing to take some pride in. Take some pride in somebody else's work. I love to do that. Now, uh, speaking of other people's work, I know you have some really great events coming up. Volunteers uh, uh, are really coming together to put together some cool events, including your Chili Fest, which is happening in uh, what, just a few weeks, the 27th and 28th of January.
4: Yep, and that's downtown Port Huron. Um, Friday night they'll have an outdoor concert at the Beer Garden with the ice rink. And then Saturday it starts 11 a.m., and they'll have a chili crawl that goes through downtown, which is a great time to see some of the businesses downtown, um, get a taste of the chili, um, put your vote in. Um, And then they'll also have horse-drawn carriage rides throughout town, which is really fun to go on. So It gives you that winter fun experience.
1: Yeah, a lot of chili cook-offs around. Now, is this actually a cook-off where, you know, anybody can can enter? Or is this with restaurants? Is there a competition as part of this?
4: Yes, it is with restaurants. And, um, yes just the local restaurants from downtown Port Huron, so you can taste each one of them.
1: Well, they're going to be professionally made, so uh, that'll be fun. So the Chili Fest is January 27th and 28th, and I know that weekend is a big weekend in Port Austin as well, is that correct?
4: Yep, Port Austin has their winter crawl, um, their winter carnival, excuse me, and that is the 27th to the 29th. Um, They do some fun events that you can register for, like, Broom ball, which is popular for winter, um, the polar plunge—if you want to dip in the Lake Huron—always um, drawing a crowd and the uh, fun um, costumes that people are wearing. And I don't know how many people have seen belly flop into the cold ice. Um, it's very, very fun to see. And some cornhole tournaments and other, you know, mixed-in uh, activities.
1: I never understand why people plunge into the cold water. I just don't get that. But, uh, hey, you know what? Whatever they're into, good for them. Now, uh, uh, you also have, um, do you have actually a beer fest, or is it something else you have to do with
4: the craft beer? Oh, our Wet Your Whistle is coming back again. Um, This year, we're excited. We've added an 18th location to... Our, um, it's a beer, wine, and spirits tour. But the challenge we put with it is called Wet Your Whistle Challenge. So if you visit 12 of the 18 locations on our list, um, you make some kind of purchase there. You keep track of it on this form we provide on our website. Um, turn it in, we get you a free hotel stay in the area. Hmm. But our 18th location is opening up. It's called the Desmond Depot Brew House, um, which kind of ties along with the other Thomas Edison Depot This one is um, a new brewery that's going to be opening up inside of a historic train station that was built in 1912 by the Mm -hmm. Pier, I'm going to say the Marquette Railway. So, um, a lot of history in this brew house.
1: Neat. I love that. I love it when repurposed buildings are used for you know something else. Obviously, same thing with the the new City Flats Hotel. Uh, That's now open. It's right on the river. Was that a was that a bank?
4: Yes. It was a Michigan National Bank. Um, the vault is incredible to go inside. Huh. It's on the main floor if you walk in by the restaurants and the shopping area. Um, but you can actually walk inside of the old bank vault, which is pretty cool.
1: It really is cool. Well, I know it's the cool time of the year, and most people think of Port Huron, probably like they think of most places in Michigan, as a a place to go at the warm weather months. Uh, Still, even at this time of the year, a beautiful place to kind of walk the beaches, to check that out, to watch those freighters go by. All those blue water views are available even when there's some really blue ice out there as well. It's the Blue Water area, and it's a place you should consider at this time of the year as well. To find out more, here's the website. It's bluewater.org. And I am telling you, you're going to be impressed whether you stay downtown or whether you go up that something like 140 miles of shoreline that uh, the Blue Water folks uh, consider all part of their organization, bluewater.org. Thanks to Katie Stepp for being with us today. And that's all the time we have for Travel Michigan this week. I'm already looking at the schedule for next week. It'll be worth listening to. So I'll join you then on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org.
0: Let's go traveling.